Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Hey, and welcome to The Short Stuff. I'm Josh, and there's Chuck. Jerry's hanging out here being a weirdo creeper, uh, but she's standing in for Dave, who just doesn't show up ever, which is sad, but it's all right. This is about speed reading, and you made a very good point because you put this together for us that if we did the same job today without mm-hmm. the internet, mm-hmm. you would get a podcast episode about once every two weeks. Yeah, tops. Because that's how long it would take for us to go to the library and do all the analog research that it would take to get one of these episodes in the can. But now we have the internet, and that research is much more streamlined as it is for everyone else. It's it's crazy. Like when you think about it that way, just the revolution in information that the internet provides, it's just so easy to take it for granted today. But when you stop and think about what people had to do just 30 years ago, basically, um, it, it's it's pretty amazing. The problem is, is up to this point, up to the point um, where the internet became like uh, 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 widely available to people through search engines, um, we had decades and centuries of people who did have to go to the library to do all sorts of research, and they still had to do jobs. They still had to find out the answers to things. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of information, but all of it was trapped inside books. And to get it out of there, you had to basically guess what book had the information that you were looking for, and then go find the book using the card catalog, and then skim that book until you found the fact or the information you needed. And that was really slow and really hard to deal with. So it it kind of, in that context, Chuck, it makes a lot of sense that Evelyn Wood, the woman who founded a company called Reading Dynamics, which taught people for 150 bucks, about $1,350 today, um, starting in 1959, would become an international sensation with this technique of speed reading. Not a few hundred words, which is around the, the where most people tops out, but thousands of words per minute. That's right. I think the fastest readers can read about 400 words per minute, and that's absorbing what you're reading. Yes, that's uh, a big, big point. It is, and I have gotten into debates with friends of mine who claim to be um, super fast readers, and I would do what they do. I would read that, try and read that fast as a test independently. Yeah, and it just all seems very dubious. I'm like, man, I can I can barely even move my eyeballs as quick as you say you're reading. Like, I don't think you're retaining. Yeah, as much as you think, because it might be because I'm a little defensive, but I've always been a very deliberate reader. I just read very slowly, and I read it as if I'm reading out loud to another person. Mm -hmm. That's how I read to myself. Yeah, and then when you factor in, like, 
your mind wandering and you're like, oh, wait, I have to go sure. back and reread this paragraph. It, it takes me a very long time, too. But I like to feel like I got what I was reading afterwards. So it was worth yeah. the effort and time. You know? Not like those skimmers. Come on. Right. So Evelyn Wood was very adamant, like, no, I'm not teaching you skimming. Because everybody would be like, yeah, skimming. We all do that. And the catalog or the library standing up by the card catalog, like, we skim. She's like, no, I'm talking about reading really, really fast. And what she said she had was a technique um, that she said was, quote, the greatest invention since the printing press. Um, and it was it used what she called finger pacing, um, which was, in her view, a way of show pointing out to your eyes huge chunks of text. If you were really good, an entire page of text that your eye would just absorb, like a different kind of reading. That's what Evelyn Wood said that she was teaching people. And like I said, it was a smash hit. It was very popular uh, in the in the mid-20th century. Yeah, the motto was, we're not skimming, we're scamming. <laughs> Basically. And I think that's a good point for our commercial break. So we'll be right back after this to talk about the scam that is speed reading. S Y S K. You should know. S S Y S K. You should know. Josh Clark. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene. Eugene Fodor. Gene, we'll boot it. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Jean, and Vlastor on the business. I understand now. It's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Huh? Oh! Jean, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return, your time won't, and we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here... We have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. All right. So it is a scam. Uh, their website, uh, or they didn't have a website, <laughs> their workshop, uh -huh. I knew it started with a W, their workshop boasted that you could read five to 7,000 words per minute and you could get through war and peace in 18 minutes. 
immediately upon hearing that, I'm surprised anyone said, well, this sounds revolutionary, sign me up. I figured 100% of the people in the world would have said, there's no way that's impossible. This has got to be a scam. But everyone from John F. Kennedy to Richard Nixon to Charlton Heston uh-huh. were early adherents of uh, Wood's speed reading program. Yeah, and I mean, it, it makes sense because in the mid-20th century in America, there was like a real trendiness about like intellect and, you know, the engineering mindset, lots of efficiency, everything's very buttoned down and compartmentalized. So the idea that you could wade through this enormous amount of information trapped in books really quickly was a, it was a way to show off that you were an intellectual, number one, but it also was like, I'm going to leave the rest of you idiots behind. I'm going to go learn to speed read and you'll never catch up with me. Um, so there was a lot of uh, adherence to it. The thing is, is there was also very uh, simultaneously from a very early um, period, I think her first workshop was offered in 1959, and by 1962, the Saturday Evening Post had a, a, um, a story titled Speed Reading is Bunk. So there was criticism of it and skepticism of it um, from the outset. But she managed to hang in there. And actually, reading dynamics is around today still. It is. Uh, there have been, I think the Washington Post wrote a big uh, criticism in 1980. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some other, there's a woman named Marsha Biederman who wrote, Scan artist, colon, <laughs> how Evelyn Wood convinced the world that speed reading worked. And one of her criticisms was this whole finger pacing thing. Like, even if that was a thing, like, you could do that yourself. You could run your hand down a page and learn how to do that stuff without paying what amounts to these these day dollars, like over 1300 bucks yes. to, for someone to teach you this bunk. Right. And uh, the whole idea was, I think the Washington Post said said it was a new way to teach readers to take in whole ideas rather than words. So, you know, I think if you looked at a page of a book and went and went down it, you might pick out, you know, let's say 15 key words Mm -hmm. where maybe you could say, I think the character went to the hospital and they got better. But, like, that's not the same as reading something. Right. Um, So – there was also like this um, kind of veneer of religiousness that was assigned yeah. to the reading little, dynamics. Little culty. Very culty, kind of Scientologisty a little bit. Um, there, there was you were supposed to have faith number one in your ability to speed read. You also had faith. You, you had to have faith in the the process, the procedure, um, and people who weren't any good at it didn't have enough confidence. They didn't have enough faith. Uh, and that was born out of Evelyn Wood's background as a uh, Mormon, I believe. She was a very religious person. So that that definitely kind of um, was something that, that reading dynamics was draped in as well. But it also kind of has a, uh, like you say, a culty view of, or a culty um, technique of blaming the the student mm-hmm. rather than the actual workshop, which is pretty terrible because it really was the workshop that was the problem. And one of the things they did, Chuck, was... Like you can't have you can't be around for decades and you know dupe millions of people like millions of people took this course. This is like thirteen hundred dollars for for the workshop. Millions of people took this course. Um, you can't just dupe them without some sort of rigging. And so what they did was they rigged what's called the reading index. And the reading index was basically the measure of how fast you could speed read by timing how fast you read and then scoring it against your comprehension. Right. So you would get a comprehension test at the end, 
and what the Harvard Crimson in 1967 uh, sort of uncovered and pointed out was they very simply made those first uh, comprehension tests way harder than the final comprehension tests. So (laughs) the idea is as you progress each test, you're going to get better and better scores for your comprehension. And the first ones are very complicated. And the last ones are maybe like multiple choice Mm -hmm. uh, and just kind of super easy to the point where the University of Missouri uh, did some experiments on the reading dynamics uh, testing. And they found that you could score about a 60% read, and I assume this is for the later tests, but you could score about a 60% reading comprehension without even looking at the material. Yeah, I think that was the final test. That, that That's that, how easy. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, they, they also, Reading Dynamics was also known for um, threatening or actually filing lawsuits against its most vocal critics, too, mm, to silence like another, them. <laughs> yeah, Scientology. Yeah. So um, the thing is, is, like, there is still this desire to speed read. I was reading this article on Wired, and it said speed reading is, or sorry, speed reading is a scam. Um, and there's still today, there's different iterations of it. And I think part of it probably, especially when you're looking at the original founder of like a speed reading technique or something like that before it becomes like a business, that person probably really does think this works and they really do want to learn to speed read. And that desire is still around. But I came across this um, this article by a guy, an author named uh, Mark Seidenberg, who's researched this. And it's basically, he points out that the brain is just not equipped to absorb information that fast. And that when you're reading words on a page, each little bit uh, you absorb and then you move on to the next bit, each of those is called a fixation. And we can take between uh, roughly seven and eight letters per fixation, right? Each fixation lasts between a quarter to a fifth of a second. And that um, really what you're taking in, if you uh, calculate something like seven letters per fixation, you could do 1,680 letters per minute, which divided by five-letter words plus a space is 280 words per minute. 280 words per minute is what the average person can read at. So the idea that somebody could read 7,000 words per minute and have any idea what they just read is, it's just, it's bunk, as the Saturday Evening Post put it. It's total bunk. And the one thing uh, that is also very much Scientology-like is they count on uh, pride and shame to kind of keep former adherents to the program quiet. Um, Maybe you're shameful that you paid $30,000 for Scientology programs and got nothing out of it, and you don't want to say anything about it. Or maybe you paid that $1,300 equivalent in the 1950s, and you didn't learn how to speed read. And you didn't want to go around telling people you dropped that much money. And they kind of count these uh, organizations. And it is funny how much it's kind of close to Scientology. Right. But but they count on people kind of keeping their failures quiet uh, because of that pride and that shame. And it, it worked. It's funny. If you read some of these um, these contemporary articles, you'll see interviews with people who are like, yeah, I, I really used to have it. But, you know, my, my comprehension score has gone down because <laughs> yeah. I haven't kept up with it. That's what they yeah, say. I haven't kept fault. up with it. I let it go. <laughs> I let it slip. Uh, so oh, it's pretty. Boy. Yeah. So um, speed reading is not a thing. And it's actually a pretty interesting little world to, to traipse into. So if this caught your attention, go check out more of it. And I think, Chuck, that uh, short stuff is out, don't you? It's out as out can be. 
Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.